Welcome to Stutter Stories, where guests from around the world each share the ins, outs, ups, and downs of life and conversation as a person who stutters. Hosted by Tricia Hedinger and Ja Ben. Let's talk about the benefits of support groups for people who stutter. In recent years, more and more research has been done about the purpose and the benefits of going to a stuttering support group. As you'll note in some of the works by Scott Yaris, we know that support group attendees report increased opportunities to share their thoughts, feelings, and experiences, as well as speak in a non-threatening place. People also indicated improvements in their feelings about themselves, their overall comfort in their personal lives, and their confidence in their work environment. And in Boyle's article, support groups are linked to higher psychological well-being and lower internalized stigma. And lately, speech-language pathologists are starting to see and view support groups as part of a comprehensive treatment program. Rather than it being in competition with therapy, it has become part of a therapeutic program. Today's guest, Jeff Olofsson, has been part of the National Stuttering Association for years. He is an experienced support group leader and a regional chapter coordinator for the NSA. Let's welcome Jeff O. And today's episode will be hosted by Ja. Hello, our dear listeners. Uh, today, our stutter story, we have a very s- special guest, Jeff Olifson. Jeff, welcome to Stutter Stories. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. This is really special. Thank you for being Thank you for asking me to be a part of this. Thank you, Jeff. So uh, can you tell our listeners something about yourself? Where are you from and who are you? Sure. My name is Jeff Olufsen. I was born in San Jose, California, and I'm from here. I still live around here. Like I live within 20 minutes from where I was born, so I haven't left this area. Um, And I... And so San Jose, California, if people don't really know, it's about an hour south of San Francisco. And so it's in the Silicon Valley. It's in the heart of where all the high-tech companies are, like Apple, Google, Facebook, that we all know and love are. Like, so the Apple headquarters is about three miles away from my house. And there's a lot of high-tech companies around me. So... Um, in California, it's what people dream about, about going because we have a very nice climate out here. Yeah. I mean, it gets dry a lot, but because of the Pacific Ocean, it's cold. We get dry um, heat out in California, but like the East Coast of the United States is humid because the Atlantic Ocean is warm. But anyways, as for, as based on my weather background, I love talking about the weather, but anyways... And so professionally, though, right now I'm an accountant. And before I studied accounting, I studied meteorology in school. I worked in that field for about six years. And so I 
So I reside in Santa Clara, which is a little suburb of San Jose. And so in my free time, sometimes I say, what free time do I really have? But because mm-hmm. I love doing volunteer work, I, I lead a support group for people of stutter in the San Jose area. Um, I've been with the NSA for 19 years. I also volunteer with my local Weber club. Um, I'm also a part of the Accounting and Financial Women's Alliance, which is a networking group I joined a couple of years ago for accounting. And so I just love the music too. I love just kind of being outside and enjoying nice weather when I can and stuff and being active. That's awesome. I'm jealous of the weather there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I live in Mi- Mi- Michigan, especially yeah. in we- we- winter, which is Mississippi. So, yeah, but then, but then I do get jealous of the East Coast and <laughs> Michigan and Midwest because you guys have a lot of fall colors and like the East Coast is very green also. And we don't, and we only get rain for like two months out of the whole year in California because our like late spring, summer and fall are really dry. So I kind of envy all the rain and, and a little bit of the snow. I'm not a fan of the cold though, but I'm a fan of like all your fall colors and greenery of mm-hmm. the East Coast and the Midwest and the Great Lakes region a lot. So I'm kind of a fan of your weather too and stuff. So like every part of the country has something different to offer. So that's what I love. Thank you very much. So uh, my next question is, so um, Jeff, what's your general experience being a person who stutter? Like how you, uh, like when you were a kid, like growing up being, being a person who stutters, what's your experience? Like how your family, your friends, like how they are responding to, to you as a person who, who stutters? Well, so growing up, so my family never talked to me about my stuttering and I never knew like what to do or like about it. But I knew I talked a little bit differently because in elementary school, I took speech therapy. And so in elementary school, it's where you get called out of the classroom for like an hour. So you get pulled aside to a room where you play a board game or whatnot. And at that time, I didn't really know what was going on, but I knew I was a little different because I was being pulled aside from the classroom Mm -hmm. from the other kids. And so, well, I did enjoy it because I was playing a board game and that was kind of fun. So it wasn't really in the classroom or anything. And so, but it made me kind of think though, I was a little bit different, but I didn't really knew what was going on. But then, so at the time I was being pulled aside to take speech therapy with two other kids too. But then by the end of the school year, they both got dismissed, but I didn't. And so I was kind of discouraged at that point. Like, I didn't really know what was going on, but I knew that something still was holding me back. But they both, like I thought at the time they overcame it and I didn't, I still had that problem with me. So, but I just went through the rest of elementary school and junior high, high school, fine and stuff. And like, I didn't really make anything of it. I still started, it was kind of hard for me. But then my parents never talked about it with me. But 
My brothers didn't stutter either. I have two older brothers, and they didn't stutter either. My parents didn't. So no one was really like me, and I couldn't really confide in anyone. So growing up, it was kind of hard. But then in high school, though, my older brother, I kind of tried to be like him. But, but I mean, every brother, when they have an older brother, they try to do some more things and stuff. But like my older brother, so in, so in junior high, he was part of the school paper and I wanted and I wanted to write for the school paper too, so I did. And then like he he went to proms when formals, I wanted to go to them too. He helped us mm-hmm. with homecoming and I did too. So I was still active with my class and like on the school paper and stuff. And so I still played sports because my parents still put me into sports as a kid just to experience different things. So I was kind of active and stuff and I loved it. But then, and so I had some friends, but but a part of me inside thought I was kind of different because I stuttered and I didn't really know like what it was at the time or something like that. So... So, I mean, all in all, I knew I was a little different, but it didn't really affect me. Um, but it was kind of hard in a way. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for sharing. And I want to expand a little bit on that because I I think like if if a listener who who is li- li- listening to our, our conversation is like, Jeff, you can just talk life for quite a long time, but you don't have like, oh, a hobby or stuttering but I think we talked earlier and you were kind of telling me actually the internal experience of being a person who who stutters you experience like all those like internal experience like have that fear what if I have a stutter how this will affect my my life so I want you to just expand a little bit on that you know like that's inner experience, maybe as a person who yeah. stutters. Yeah. So like, for example, in high school, that's kind of a time when you start thinking about what you want to do later in life as a career and profession. So, and in junior high, I kind of fell in love with the weather, with meteorology. So, and it was kind of a weird story. It might be might be weird to other people, but like when... I was in junior high. I just got fascinated. Like I would walk home from school and I just was fascinated by the clouds and everything. And so then I just really kind of started taking a liking to the weather. And then I was flipping channels on the TV. I came across a weather channel and I thought, oh, this is kind of cool. It's kind of interesting. So I watched a little bit more of the weather channel. So, um, now, in terms of my stuttering, though, from high school, I found out you can major in uh, in college. So that's what I wanted to do. And like most people, want to get married, have the get a house with the white picket fence, all that stuff, and get a job. Um, like they have this kind of plan they want to do, but then, um. My stutter kind of hold, held me back in a way because I wasn't sure I could do all those things because I did stutter. I wasn't sure that I could, could really 
communicate with people and get to where I wanted to go, lead a life, lead a normal life. When I thought was normal and what other people thought they could do, I wasn't sure if I could do those things too. And saying those two infamous words at the altar when they get married, they say, I do. I wasn't sure I could say those two words also with a lot of people looking at me. So, so I had all day doubt about myself. Like, you know, I wanted to become a meteorologist to study the weather. They get married by a, a house. But I wasn't sure I could do those things because of my stuttering. So it held all the doubt in me. And it wasn't until I joined the NSA. And like, when I joined the NSA, the National Stuttering Association, it allowed me to meet other people who stutter. Because before the NSA, I did not know a soul who stuttered. I thought I was the only one in the world. And so that instilled a lot of doubt in me that I felt so alone. But then um, I came across the NSA in my late teens, early 20s. I went to my first support group meeting for people who stutter when I was 19. And so then over, over a couple of years, I then started to meet more people who stutter and they're older than me. And so they just told me that they've done all those things I wanted to do, like they have jobs, they've got to marry, they have kids. Um, they've done all those things I wanted to, to do. So it's so, so slowly, started instilling hope in me that I can do those things too, even though I stutter, I can do them too if I just have perseverance and stuff. So it kind of changed my paradigm of thinking because I had doubt and it taught me not to have that doubt anymore. And I can do those things. So that just really helped a lot and changed my way of thinking a lot. Great, great information. I, I really think that's why we are doing this kind of like podcast or this type of shows. I really think, you know, hear other people's stories and see they are re- real people. They have a life, they have a struggle. In, and that's why I feel like the things we're doing here, like especially like right now we're doing this podcast for the World Stuttering Network. You know, we think the NSA experience is very uh, has been very positive for, for all of us. You know, we want the world to have this experience too. So I think I really am grateful that people like you, you were brave enough and vulnerable enough to share your jer- journey and, and make more people hear, hear our voice, our, our story, and encourage them to you know, go get what they want. So yeah, exactly. live your dream. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So, but uh, my next question, and uh, Jeff, uh, can you describe a memorable stuttering experience that has maybe shaped you or maybe changed you as a person? I I think you mentioned something about you know getting to the supporting group or but if you can think of uh, maybe a personal stuttering experience and how that's shaped your um, like life or maybe perception? 
Sure. And it's, and then the experience I want to share, it's not really memorable in the sense that I want to have a good memory of it. That's memorable in that sense, but it's memorable in that it kind of taught me a lesson about my stuttering and how I should view it now. So like back in high school, I look back on this and it's kind of stupid in a way, but back in high school, I had a little fight with a friend and I don't even know what it was about, I'll remember it, but it stuck in my mind because it taught me something about my stuttering. So we, so my friend and I, we did not talk for about two weeks. And when you're a teenager, you think that's the only important thing in the world. Your friends not talking, that can have a fight, whatnot. But then about three weeks after a fight, I, I, I could not ask her, and this was hard for me to do, but I did ask her, you know, is the reason why we're not talking, is that due to my stuttering? And her exact words were, I do remember her words, it's really stuck out to me. She said, oh no, not at all. I don't even think of you as someone who stutters. And I kind of just went back and I was like, oh my God, I thought everyone knows my stuttering. But then I just was thinking about it a lot more when I got home from school. And I just thought, you know, she doesn't think of me as a person who stutters. So do people just see me as me? And so do they not think of my stuttering as being affiliated with me? Do they just look at me? So, I, so I've looked back on that experience and it just really taught me to think that People see me as me. People don't see me as the person who stutters. Like, like in that, it defines me. So they just see me as the person I am. And I stutter, but I just happen to stutter. That's fine. But so it really taught me that stuttering doesn't really define you. Like, you're you. Um, what you decide to study, where you graduated, what you do with your education, where you're from, brothers, sisters, family, that's you, that makes it you, your interests. But then the stuttering, that's a little part of you, that's fine, it's a, it's a little teeny bit. So it, makes, so it also made me think that we make such a big deal of our stuttering, but then to other people, it's so tiny. And so, so I mean, now, now I think of it more and more in that, like, we get in our heads that stuttering is so big, and we make a really big deal of it, but it's really a little bit that other people see it as, so it really gets in our mind that we make such a big deal of it, but other people don't think of it as very much anymore. I love it. I I really think, you know, like you were saying, as people who stutter, we actually, in our mind, like stuttering, that almost like takes over like every mental space. We just become so obsessed in our stuttering. So I think, oh, yeah, that what you were sharing is very valuable. Oh, thank you. And I totally agree with what you said. We think of it as being something that takes over our whole mind. But then... So growing up, though, so another thing I thought of is that, so growing up, my stuttering was in control of me. So every time I woke up, I thought, oh, my God, I'm going to stutter today. 
So I have to go to the dentist when I'm going to stutter. I need to call to make an appointment at the DMV. I'm going to stutter. I need to do this. I'm going to stutter. Now I wake up. I think, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. So like, it just also, I changed my beard. I'm thinking because before my stuttering was in control of me, but now I am in control of my stuttering. So I don't let it control my life anymore because I have a life. I want to do things. I want to go to Hawaii. I want to go to Florida. I want to enjoy things. I want to go to the beach, darn it. Yes. And I don't want my stuttering to take control of me. And I, I know it sounds easy. You're probably thinking, oh my God, that sounds so easy to do. I just need to change my thinking. But it's a long process. It took me years to do that. And I'm very thankful I've done that, but it is a hard process to do. But, but it's just that I now wake up in the morning and I think, okay, I want to listen to music. I want to do this. I want to go to breakfast at this restaurant. So I don't think anymore and I'm going to stutter. I just do something because I want to do it. And I might stutter. I might not, but that's fine. But I mean, I am not to con- I am in control of my stuttering. My stuttering is no longer in control of me. So well said. So before we went too far, I actually wants to ask, did you remember what that um, uh, girlfriend or female friend you had in high school? Um, what's the reason that she's mad at you? She said it's not stuttering. <laughs> yeah um, you know actually i don't remember why anymore i really don't like i do remember it was my friend how we were really good friends we just kind of lost touch nowadays because people tend to lose touch from high school friends and stuff but i really don't remember the reason why we were fighting i just remember that she that our fight was not due to my stuttering that's what I remember about it. That's, that's so beautiful. You remember it's yeah. not because of my stuttering. It's, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of yeah. a little bit, uh, yeah, I'm kind, yeah. Kind, kind of like joke with you. Yeah, <laughs> so don't worry. Oh, that's cool. But from then on, though, when I, I think I was making a big deal of my stuttering. Mm-hmm. But then after that moment, we got to talk, talking again. We worked things out and everything. And then college, we got back to being friends again. But But I think... Maybe it was me. I was making a big deal with my speech and my stuttering. And I got something really big, really too big. And I just got something, I blew something out of proportion. So, but the whole situation just taught me that thing about my stuttering. I love it. I really think um, it's very, very important. Sometimes we don't make assumptions what people like think of us or think of our stuttering. Exactly. Exactly. I totally agree. Like even to this day, I hate when people assume things about other people. Because like, I mean, because if you're walking down the street, because in general, stuttering aside, when you're walking down the street and you see someone they might be having a really bad day. They might be going through something really bad. Like they're like a family member might be in the hospital, especially now with COVID, a family member might be in the hospital or something. So, I mean, don't, don't assume anything about anybody because like they might be putting, putting up a front, 
might be wanting to smile, but you don't know exactly. So don't assume anything. Just put a smile back and just kind of don't just assume anything but everybody. I love it. So um, my next question is, uh, do you have a mantra or some inspirational phrases that you go to whenever maybe sometimes you want to have some motivation? Um, sort of. Well, like, I kind of want to sh- just share a quote that I really like and stuff. Like, and I don't go to it to live my life by, but I really like the vibe. So, like, in high school, though, so my senior graduation, the theme of our graduation was this quote where nothing limits us for the truest aspect of every person is unbound potential. So nothing limits us for the truest aspect of every person is unbound potential. So it basically kind of means that you can do anything you want to do. Just work hard, put your mind to it. Just work hard. It's kind of cliche, like put your mind to it, you can do it. But I mean, it's really just about how if you think something is so big, just work hard and you can do that thing. Because everyone has unbound potential. So, like, it doesn't matter where you live. Where, Like, if you live, say, like, in the projects in the Bronx in New York, and you don't think that you can have a, a big career, just work hard and you can do something. Um, like, man, um, so I'm a big fan of the show American Idol. I just love watching singers perform and stuff. And so the show American Idol, it takes people that that live ordinary lives and gives them a chance to become a singer, live out their dreams. And I really like that because it's giving people the chance to do something they want to do. Um, because everyone has unbound potential to do something. But sometimes they think that they can't do something because they live in an area where like they're sheltered or can't do something or just something. And so it just really kind of shows you can't do anything. And it doesn't have to be when given the right opportunity, but when you go and seek out something and you work hard to do it, you can can do that thing. Mm -hmm. So nothing limits you. So don't think anything limits you because you can do anything you want. You have the potential to live out your dreams. I I love it. I think whenever like I need the motivation, I'll just come back to our podcast and listen to this part. Very well said. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> so uh, well, approaching the uh, ending of our interview. So uh you kind of like answered this question I intended to ask, like the message you want to say to your fellow stutterer. I think he like the inspiration and motivation you shared er- er- earlier kind, kinds of con- connects to, to that. But uh, do you think uh, if, if this does not convey all the things you want to say to our fellow stutterers, you can add something. Do you like want to add something to say to our fellow stutterers? Yeah, so like, I mean, to fellow stutterers, I would say to step outside of your comfort zone and to grow. 
So I'm a big person about trying new things, stepping outside of comfort zone. Because the only way people grow is by stepping outside of a comfort zone. And so, for example, so years ago, I was in people's center, tend to be kind of isolated. We don't want to talk to other people. We don't want to talk in the real, in real world. We want to be alone. But then we need to talk and we need to communicate. So, so like years ago, so I joined Toastmasters. And so I just wanted to, and I did not want to become more fluent. I wanted to become more confident with myself. So, and I wanted to join Toastmasters just to get the confidence. Because every time I got up to speak, whether it was giving a speech or just to give a minor's rule report, every time I got up, it increased my confidence. It increased my confidence a little bit. And I didn't really care if I stuttered or it was fluent. I just wanted my confidence to increase so that I could have the courage to raise my hand and that would not be an issue for me anymore. So I would be able to say things in class. And so it was always hard for me in high school to be able to raise my hand to say something. So a lot of my friends who stuttered, they knew the right answer, but they did not raise their hand to give the right answer in class. But then when I went back to school several years ago to study accounting, it was easier for me to talk out of class because I had that confidence. And that was stepping outside my comfort zone by speaking more. Um, and so something else is that like in college, I joined a fraternity in college. And so every Monday night we had our chapter meetings and everyone had to give a report of what they did for the week. Um, not everyone had to give a report, but everyone who, who had a position needed to give their report. And I just was always a person who, whatever organization I was a part of, I wanted to show my leadership skills and take on positions. So I held several positions within my fraternity, whether it was flatterweight chair, pledge dance chair, or secretary of the whole fraternity. And so I do remember my very first chapter meeting, I did stutter like crazy on blogs, I had repetitions, whatnot. But my last chapter meeting, I do remember that vividly too. I was having the ball, I was cracking jokes, I thought it was fun. And my first meeting, I was 19, I was one of the younger guys. About my last meeting, I was one of the older guys, so I'm sure age played a part too. But I mean, I just, I credit that with every chapter meeting I got up to speak, it was a little bit more practice with speaking in front of a group of people. And it was a little bit more practice it, each time it was stepping us on the comfort zone to get a report in front of my fellow fellow brothers. Love so it. I just attribute all that practice in college, all that practice with Toastmasters, and all the speeches I've done within my rudder club and whatnot have all just gave practice to me.
And whether they're scheduled or not, that's fine. I just wanted to practice to enhance my confidence. So, so I would just encourage other stutterers to practice too. Just practice, practice, practice. And it's probably, like I know it's easier said than done, but I mean, it just takes practice. And whether you stutter, that's fine, but you're at least you're getting up to speak and you're enhancing your confidence a little bit more. I love it. I really think, you know, it sounds, it sounds very simple. Just step outside your comfort zone, but the yeah. process, it's not easy. So no, it's not. And I mm -hmm. like, I mean, what you just said, it's not easy. And I know for, for people here, it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of courage for us to do it. Now, I totally get that at all. And so it, it actually took me quite a while to get to my first Toastmasters meeting because I found out about it. And I got to saying, okay, they'll go next week. But I kept making a big excuses not to go. But one day I'm like, just, I need to go. I want to go. I need to go. Not that, like, I was wanted to go. But the last time I said, I need to now go. So, so I actually went. So I know it takes up a lot of courage to do something like that. And so what you said is easier said than done. Um, but I mean, for people, Senator, it does take a lot of courage for us to do things. But if you can get the courage, that's golden. It's great. Very well said. I do think if you, uh, if the listeners, if you think, you know, you need some challenges, you want something to step outside of your comfort zone, you can contact our you know, Stutter Story podcast. This will be a speaking opportunity, just like Jeff, he had done. He is not afraid of talk, talking to us. He's not afraid of making uh, his voice now heard by, by all the people in our community, maybe all over the world. So yeah, thank you so much, Jeff. So um, yeah, uh, now we're, reach the end of uh, our interview um do you have something like you you want you have the, this burning uh desire to share that i didn't ask um no i no i don't i think that's some great questions and just my main take home is just to step outside for comfort zone i'm, I'm a big advocate of that because the only way that we grow is to step outside our comfort zone in their practice. That's the only way we grow into trying out new things. And so I know it's hard for people to stutter, but if you can do that, that's great. And so, um, so I'm very blessed meeting other people stutter because everyone stutters differently. Um, and everyone's different also by different ages, ethnicity, socioeconomic backgrounds but everyone learns something from everyone. And so I just think it's a, so I think it's a great thing. And, and so like, actually the last thing that I kind of want to share just really quick is that stuttering is a little, is a little in, intricacy thing that kind of makes us a little bit different. But whenever I meet people, I always look for what makes them different. Um, like for normal being, for not only people of stutter, but when I meet people who are fluent too, 
But I always look about what makes them different. Like, for example, years ago, I did do some interviews for my Rotary Club for a high school thing. So I interviewed this one girl one day. Then the next day, I asked myself, who do I remember? Like, who stands out to me? Because whenever you go for an interview, you should kind of stand out. Do something that makes you stand out. And so... So I just was a fan of being a little bit different because being a little bit different, that's what makes you beautiful. Like people stutter are beautiful because we stutter because it's that little bit that makes us different and that makes us beautiful people. And so it's kind of taken me a while to say it, but I'm glad that I stutter. Because if I didn't stutter, I would never be able to meet all you wonderful people. I, I think so too. I love this take home message, you know, like be different, you know, be you. You are the first person I've ever heard in my life who is interested in weather because everybody <laughs> else is complaining about it. Yeah. So, <laughs> thank you so much, Jeff. We are definitely going to remember you. And thank you so much for everything you have done for the car community and thank you so much sure well thank you for having me thank you bye to learn more about creating or developing support group systems in your area check us out at www.worldstutteringnetwork.net